Welcome to the Big Red Arrow Club Roundtable, episode number one. And if you're not familiar with the Big Red Arrow Club YouTube channel, it's essentially a collection of like-minded retro tech and retro gaming YouTubers. And uh, we're putting out collaborative content with our thoughts on all things YouTube, as well as uh, stuff that's kind of more in our own wheelhouses to do with technology and gaming. And in this one, we're going to be talking about YouTube's upcoming advertising policy changes, uh, which is something that's going to affect all of our channels. And essentially, we all received an email basically stating that that uh, anyone who has monetization enabled on YouTube um, or monetization enabled on specific videos uh, will automatically be getting pre-roll and post-roll ads shown on those videos, which we're not in a position to be able to turn off, which is quite a big change. And uh, I also uh, we're also going to be talking about the uh, recent anti-ad blocking messages that some people have been getting. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much the topic of this roundtable. So I will introduce the individual members that are partaking tonight. Uh, we have Naoki's Retro Corner. Give us a wave. Uh, we have Polymat from the other side of the pond all the way over in America. And of course, we have the wonderful goldfish on games and his fantastic beard. Hello. So I, I hold two thoughts in my mind. One is... When it comes to advertising, YouTube has a vested interest in continuing to make money. And so if we, if we think about things in the way that is YouTube going to do anything to detriment us as the creators, our ability to make money, you know, I, I don't think they'd do it, right? Because they have the same, you know, they have the same playground as, as we do, right? We just share in essentially the money that they're making. The other part of it, though, is if your main goal on YouTube is not to make money and to have a good user experience, then the new changes probably will detriment, right? Because I know that one of the reasons that, you know, I wanted to make sure that I turned on monetization when I could is because I wanted my users to have a good user experience. And for, for those of you who don't know, unless you turn on monetization, you're at, you know, there there's still ads, but if you don't monetize, you don't have control over when the ads are displayed right? Or if there's a pre-roll or if there's a post-roll and these changes, I think enforce, right? I, I think we're still going to have control over the ads within the videos, but we can no longer, you know, turn off advertising before or after or things like that too. And so I, I would argue that that probably would detriment user experience because I have some videos that I just don't want to show advertising. It's not that I'm sponsored or anything like that. It's just that it's one of those, you know, one of those sets that I just don't, you know, I just don't want to show. And we know we will no longer have that that ability. On my own videos, um, I tend to enable pre-roll and, and post-roll on all of them anyway. Um, and I'll, I'll only enable mid-rolls if it's a much longer video. Um, obviously, this decision doesn't affect mid-rolls anyway. But um, the reason I do that is because I have this theory that I think a lot of us are kind of on board with that uh, YouTube's obviously going to push the videos that make it the most money. And if you want that kind of wider reach, um, then you basically have no choice but to enable them anyway. Obviously, there are certain topics and certain things where advertising isn't really appropriate. Um, and obviously, it's uh, unfortunate that, that that's being taken away. But um, I mean, uh, Noki and, uh, and Goldfish, what I mean, what settings are you using at the moment? Are you monetized or are you in the partner program? I'm not um, privileged enough to be in the partner program, unfortunately. But I think one of the things that I do have experience with is being a viewer. Because even though I pay for premium, uh, my partner doesn't. And so if we're watching something on her account, we'll usually get adverts um, coming across, like when we're watching it on the TV or on her phone or something like that. And I think it's one of those things where adverts are one of those areas where you, it can, it doesn't matter how good your video is. If the adverts are annoying or they're very long or they're repetitive for whatever reason, Someone's going to just turn off YouTube and, um, you know, in the end result, the actual creator ends up getting hurt uh, because they've just lost a view or their viewership, their um, watch, um, watch retention gets just cut off at that point. Um, so I think I can understand why YouTube are doing it. And I do agree with Matt on the on that they need to do something about it. But at the same time, it is a bit of a double edged sword. Um especially because some people just abuse the advert system. Um, you know, um, there are some adverts that we've seen where, for whatever reason, it's a 30-minute long advert of some 
presentation, like some tech not uh, like tech talk, which just doesn't make sense, and you you immediately clip skip on that. I mean, I, I'd have a follow up on that one to to ask it does. Do you think it detriments individual creators? Because if you know, if you're not on premium, which a lot of people are not, right? I think if last time I looked, only about fifteen to twenty percent of the revenue that I get on my videos is from premium subscribers. So it's it's vast majority are not premium. But I think my question would be is, you know, for for those of people who aren't on premium and are you are seeing advertising, does that affect an individual creator? Like, do you go to watch a video, see an advert, then skip the whole video altogether? Because if you went to the next one, wouldn't you see a, a, a similar advert, right? Yeah, and I mean, again, it's one of those things. Like, it, it depends. If you get like a, a thirty second um advert or something longer for what's effectively a 12 second video you're you're you know you're not you're not going to put the investment into skipping the advert because the unless the the you know the the short video is you know the meme whatever it is is worth the weight you're not going to invest and um you know if i'm going to watch something that's long form it's usually going to be on my own um my own account because um it's going to be something i want to watch not what my partner wants to watch i've always put this sort of intro, the pre-roll and post-roll videos on but i i one of those you're saying that oh if someone starts watching that and goes oh no, i'm not going to sit through this advert i'm not even sure if that would even count towards like your click through rate or anything like that because they've not even started your video yet technically so it's not as if it's like dropped off within the first second. I would, I'd argue it would because YouTube has this horrible thing where when you hover over the video, rather than it just being a GIF of the um, uh, video being played, it is actually playing the video. And if you hover off, you get a um, negative uh, view retention because the, the, the viewer has watched the intro, even though they haven't. If you go through your YouTube history... Um you know, I, I went through it quite recently and I was like, what are all of these videos? I don't remember watching these. And it's actually stuff that I've just hovered over for a few seconds on the homepage and they actually go into your history. I think if it's over over a couple of seconds. So they're definitely counting them as views as far as a, a casual viewer is concerned. I've never seen that in mine, but it's one of the, I don't tend to look in the history that much. And usually if I'm, my mouse points is over a, 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 tra a sort of thumbnail, I'm going to click on it anyway, but... I don't know if it's a very recent change or maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's been like that for, um, I'm going to say it's been like that for a couple of years now because, I mean, um, YouTube have been doing, like, playing the video uh, previews for about as long as I can remember. Um, so probably the last couple of years. I don't think I probably have seen it because, quite honestly, the, the amount of time I spend on YouTube on my desktop is minimal. Right. I'm either on my phone or, or, or I watch it on TV. To me, it's worse on the phone because when you're scrolling through and you're going through your phone. Yes, this is an empty case. Um, when you're going and scrolling through your um, phone, I find that even when I'm going through the list, it's trying to play every single video that's in my feed. It's like I don't want to see most of these things that you're recommending me. Whereas on my desktop. You know, I'll open, go onto uh, YouTube and I'll go into my subscriptions or I'll go onto the homepage and I'll have all the videos with just their thumbnails. And if I see something I want to click on or I want to watch, I just go over it, uh, go over to it and then just click it and then just start watching it. So I find it's worse on mobile than it is on the desktop. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I'm, I'm curious. So question for the group, overarching, is this good or bad? As far as I'm concerned, Personally, um, like I say, I, I have that setting enabled anyway. Um, I think the the big change here is actually that it includes skippable and non-skippable ads. And I know people have very strong feelings on non-skippable ads. Now, I actually I actually enabled them quite a long time ago on my channel um, against my better judgment because, like I say, I have this whole theory about YouTube pushing things further and it's all about increasing reach and that kind of stuff. And I suppose it does put everyone... Um, you know, who, who was against that before on, on kind of a level playing field with, with people like me. Um, is that uh, detrimental to me because now I've got more competition? Or, you know, I can certainly ha see how it would be, uh, you know, a, a, a negative uh, as far as viewers are concerned. But, um, yeah, if it's happening on all videos and potentially it, uh, you know, could potentially push more people towards premium and, 
what would be nice would be if they actually reduced the cost of premium and, and kind of unbundled it with, you know, from from YouTube Music and uh, kind of off, offered a cheaper option for that if they are going to be pushing more and more people in that direction. Probably more looking at raising the price rather than lowering, right? <laughs> yeah, is, do we do we actually feel that YouTube Music like has an added benefit or was that just like a throw in to help them justify raising or, you know, a, a larger cost for premium? Because like, I, I have never ever used Apple or sorry YouTube Music, and I don't I don't plan on it. I have been a YouTube Premium subscriber for a good like probably over two years now. I have opened the YouTube Music app a grand total of one time, and that was by mistake. Yeah, I was going to say I've got uh, I've got YT Studio and YT Music next to each other on uh, on my phone on Android, and I only ever open music by mistake and, and very very quickly uh, <laughs> close it again. I tried to uninstall it and then found out you couldn't. Oh, I hate it when you get applications like that. I just I just think that YouTube were trying to push YouTube Music as a, a competitor to Spotify, but I think they've missed the mark because Spotify was just better. Uh, at every point because I don't know how the technology behind Spotify versus YouTube music works, but I always found that YouTube music, and this is probably back in 2017 when I actually tried it, it always buffered the videos or, you know, even the music. So you're, you're still playing the YouTube video behind it. Um, you're just not getting the actual video. And that would be fine, except for the fact that when you're out and about, Spotify will download the um, tracks as you're going, sort of pre-buffering the queue. So if you do lose internet connection, it's not going to matter. Whereas at least back then when you were on YouTube Music, if you lost internet, it just stopped working. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much they've investment they've put into music, to be honest. It, it kind of feel, you know, seemed like, hey, look, we're getting a lot of traction with videos, with music videos. We're getting a lot of traction with music artists. You know, we probably have an easy path, right, to a music service. So it, it probably wasn't a strategic play. It was probably an opportunistic play. And I think it shows, right? Because there's a lot of services that just do it, to your point, much better. Like Spotify was was built to be a streaming service from the ground up, right? So I think one of the interesting things would be to, to say is, is really talk through like what what are our strategies like for the group you know like what how do we look at monetization versus the advertising the strategy things like that um yeah i think that's uh that that would be that'd be interesting to know because i think a lot of youtubers approach it in, in very different ways i agree because like you have to do it to make it so that your channel can expand. So even if it's someone like me who I'm just doing this more as a hobby than I am trying to get onto the YouTube bandwagon, it is something where I will still have to consider it when the time comes. Otherwise, YouTube just won't push the videos. And, you know, it's just it's, it's kind of corporate suicide. It's very interesting in your case, actually, because obviously YouTube puts ads on you know, ch channels that aren't in the partner program. So in your case, there are ads appearing on your videos and you don't have any control over it at all, um, which, which is one of the reasons I kind of really, really pushed to um, obviously get the uh, the watch hours and stuff up. But it's really, really difficult when you're kind of at that phase where you're not quite in the, in the partner program yet. And uh, I think they're making it even more difficult for people by just shoving ads into people's videos willy-nilly and uh, giving them no control over the, the actual timing of them. I've not had any feedback saying, oh, this ad was annoying or whatever. Um, but also, I don't ever see anything to do with that. I only see just the video performance data. So it might be different for um, yourselves who are in the partner program, but I don't have, I haven't had anything bad come of it, but then I have no, not much choice, so maybe I just, I'm not looking or I'm just not caring. I think from a user point of view, they just expect adverts on all videos. Then from also from their point of view, they don't know if you're in the partner program or not. They don't know if you're actually gaining anything from those adverts. So I think everyone just assumes that if there's adverts, you're gaining money. Because at one point that was how it, how it used to be, only people in the partner program got adverts and then they started slipping them onto people who weren't and now that's become the norm and now they're also sort of enforcing certain adverts as well where before you could 
people were joining the partner program so they could turn them off because they didn't want adverts on their thing on their, their videos do you guys think then people are becoming more used to seeing adverts and they're treating youtube more as an alternative to something like netflix well personally i know that i am kind of canceling some of the streaming subscriptions and and watching more youtube right because i feel that that's where i get kind of the most benefit now don't get me wrong i like some of the you know like the triple a kind of like the big you know high spend tv shows and and things like that on apple and other streaming platforms but like i find myself more and more attracted to youtube because usually it's things that i want to learn about right because there's just so much good content there some things that i don't know that i want to dig into and that really doesn't happen i don't feel in in any other kind of streaming services there's not more like tutorials or educational things or if you wanted to do a deep dive in astronomy or physics or things like that like i just don't i don't see it so from a personal perspective that's absolutely happening with me and i think it's probably a reason why youtube is is still around and is still big right because they offer a differentiated you know um you know piece of content so i'd be really interested to see if there's any numbers on youtube's subscriber counts versus kind of the you know the decline in some of the streaming services that we've seen recently what i've heard or read from some other people is that youtube has pretty much always been the majority like of like network traffic and stuff youtube is significantly higher than all the streaming platforms and it always has been so it's it's not a case of youtube's taking t uh, viewing time away from netflix and the like it's been more a case of that netflix had been taking time away from youtube if you look at some of the the really big channels like Mr Beast and the like and uh, obviously his videos get like hundreds of millions of views and you have to think you know if you compare that to normal sort of broadcast TV or or Netflix and the like that it's got to be sort of an order of magnitude bigger than anything on any of those sort of other services i mean youtube's the primary source of entertainment in our household i mean literally every night we'll sit down in front of the tv and rather than sort of watching broadcast tv we'll just fire up the youtube app and just sort of catch up on all of our our regular channels so um, i mean i signed up for premium pretty much as soon as it was available in the uk and uh, we've had it ever since the way i've seen youtube i've seen it evolve over the years netflix for ages well basically since it's been around has always been about movies and tv series uh, tv series but like professionally produced stuff but when youtube originally started out and even even into like the 2010s i always saw it as more of a you put your hobbies on there kind of thing you did get stuff like music videos and um things later on like beginning during the 2010s but i think it's been since 2010 onwards i've started seeing a, um the professional side of it growing so now you'll see um you know people well actual tv presenters like uh, richard hammond and um others doing youtube videos now because it is a legitimate platform it's a legitimate thing where a lot of people not just uh people who go on the internet to enjoy other people's projects or you know other people's stories will go to now yeah i mean the production quality of some of the stuff on youtube now is is just way above and beyond i mean it's you know it's it's overtaken tv in a lot of cases and uh, you know it's up there with netflix and uh, the, the other streaming platforms some of, some of it's just absolutely amazing and obviously that, that's the kind of stuff that we kind of have to compete with as well nowadays which is uh, another thing that makes our lives difficult I, I think it's easier to though right i mean sure there's there's channels that have like you know, red cameras and teams of editors and, and things like that. But like, quite honestly, you know, with like a, you know, like an Adobe suite subscription and a nice iPhone, like, honestly, I, I shoot all of my videos 4k 60 frames a second on my iPhone, right? Like I've got, I've got like a little bit of lighting set up, right. That I can configure and it's my iPhone and that's it. And, and I think that, you know, like, you know, I produce decent, decent quality stuff. And I think so it's, it's become a lot more, while there has been kind of a, a huge explosion in professional kind of content, I think there's also like the, the accessibility of being able to produce high quality content. And I'm sorry, not, I want to just, I want to differentiate high quality content versus like production quality, right? Because there are so many people, so many channels that have amazing content that, 
you know, it, they're not shooting in 4K. They're not, you know, doing cinematic shots and they're not, you know, but but it's just so good, right? Like I, I go back and I look at kind of like LGR's early stuff. I would watch that today, right? Like him and his Sony Handycam, like, you know, like pointing at the, at the like that is still so entertaining. And one of the reasons I think why his, his channels continue to grow and he has gotten leaps and bounds on production quality, but like he has always done to me like really good high quality content that is compelling. Um, and so I think that having production quality may give you a little bit of an edge if everything else is equal, right? But like focusing on like, I think quality, like it, quality of your content, seeing the passion of what you're doing come through. Like that's to me, I, I think that's, I don't know. I, I kind of took the stance when I came into this thinking like, I'm going to do this in the way that I want to do it and like to, to showcase how I want. And if it doesn't resonate, that's fine. I'm going to keep doing those projects. I'll just stop shooting videos about it. Right. But like, so this was for me a little bit of an experiment that way. I think as well, um, that brings up another question and also um, to sort of move back to the original topic as well. If YouTube are doing this and they're probably doing this to push more people onto uh youtube premium um do you think that like obviously the price we all agree the price should probably be less they should just drop youtube music um but should they have a look at the whole um monetization program because a lot of people are going back to using coffee or patreon because youtube um revenue is just unless you're you know mr beast levels of um, video content and um, you know viewers you're just not going to get a stable or um, decent e income from it i mean reese you you use patreon and youtube memberships right mm, i do but what was what was behind that decision um people asking for it essentially um i set up patreon because um yeah, well, one of my regular viewers got in touch and said, oh, when are you going to be setting up a Patreon? And I thought, well, I suppose it's something that I'm going to do eventually because that's what channels do. It's at some point during their uh, their lifetime. So I thought, well, why not now if there's demand for it? And then uh, they signed up and a couple of, a couple of other people signed up once they noticed it was available. Um, I have to say the experience from our point of view is so much better on Patreon, just the tools, um, you know, for, for getting the information out there and... Uh, the authorship side of things. I mean, you know, the YouTube channel membership stuff is it's, it's essentially just posts that are only visible to members and it's incredibly limited what we can actually post in there and how we can kind of communicate with people. There's no sort of DM type thing like you get with, with Patreon. So the experience with Patreon is so much better and that's evidently why it's so much more popular, which is a bit strange because obviously that's uh, that's revenue that, that YouTube themselves are, are kind of missing out on by not offering that level of service. And you'd think with all of their resources that uh, they would be able to match that. And uh, yeah, it's it's far more popular with, with viewers as well, I guess, because of all of that extra functionality. Um, but I, I guess you kind of have to offer all of them just because uh, different people have different preferences. It, it's, uh, it is quite a bit, a bit of overhead for me to uh, obviously, because I offer stuff like uh, early access to videos and, and that kind of thing um you know it's a lot more overhead for me to have to write separate posts for patreon and coffee and the, the youtube channel member page thing and you know have, have to remember to sort of manage all of that but um yeah ultimately it's all kind of a necessary evil because ad revenue isn't what it was 10 years ago um not quite sure what the reasons are for that um i have my suspicions that um they're heavily subsidizing shorts um Shorts notoriously don't really make any money as far as advertising is concerned. Advertisers don't really want to advertise on them because people don't retain anything when they watch them. And so they, they kind of shot themselves on the foot because you can skip past the ads. You, if you get a short a YouTube short ad, you just and it's gone. I've been thinking about this and for a little while because I've heard like, oh, yeah, like 10 years ago it used to be so much more, but I think it might be a sort of a victim of his own success like more people are on youtube more people are monetized than ever before which means whatever limited pot there is for paying out to the creators has to be shared by more and more people every year because like if 
the money uh, the videos were monetized before they'll continue to be monetized particularly if they're still being viewed so older videos are still generating money for those creators unless they delete them and there's more people coming in and i don't know if like the like income tra trajectory of youtube itself continues to grow because I remember for a while they were always saying that YouTube ran at either a loss or barely broke even most of the time. It was basically paying for itself and the, the creators and didn't really generate a lot of profit for Google or Alphabet now. I should it's probably easier to say. But I don't know if that's still the case these days. I don't know if they've released any of that information in a while. So I think it's possibly just like and saying, oh, if we want to try and get the the money for creators up again, it's either more invasive adverts, longer adverts, or as we're <laughs> they're trying to do, obviously, or make it harder for people to join the creator program. Or the, the so, but where they seem to be going the opposite way, trying to get more people into it sooner by dropping some of the requirements. I think you got a good point, and because I think YouTube has probably like a an exaggerated problem of, of some of the other services that are that are pretty new right is that there is such a backlog of content on YouTube right like you can go back 10 years and and still watch things to where if you look at like a, a streaming service like a Netflix or things like that right like they pay licensing fees in order to get shows and so only the biggest ones the best hits will ever be kind of like relicensed or things like that where YouTube just has a tank of all of their content is there well so viewership doesn't necessarily translate to new eyeballs. So just because there are more views being had on YouTube, you know, than ever, it may be that because if you're an advertiser, right, you don't want to serve the same ad to the same person. And so if people are engaging more on YouTube, right, like they're watching more videos, more things like that, I think at some point you've, it, it's got to get saturated because otherwise you're at risk of serving the same ad to the same person multiple times, which happens, right? But like it, I, I think there's a kind of a, a law of diminishing returns that, that tends to happen. You've got such a backlog of content. Oh, I remember um, when, when we, before we had YouTube premium, I think it was, it was even, it was originally called YouTube Red, I think, um, for the longest time. But, but before we had any kind of paid or premium option in the UK, obviously we were watching a lot of uh, YouTube on the TV and we, we we actually got the ads and there was one that just played like it, it we went through a phase of a few weeks and it just seemed to be the same ad over and over and over again and it, it was very short it was very very pixelated and very poor quality and it was very loud compared to the actual videos that we were watching and it, it, it was enough to kind of drive us away from it and it was like well if we're going to have to put up with this you know for much longer and there's no paid option available to make it go away you know should we be looking at ad blockers or just not watching YouTube at all? Thankfully, thankfully they uh, do seem to have fixed that. But, um, I mean, that was only a few years ago. And there's another question. They're obviously now uh, notably blocking ad blockers. Um, and is this? I reckon that this is another thing to try to push more people into going into buying YouTube premium. The question is, do we think that YouTube actually makes more money out of premium or adverts? I think they would make more money out of adverts because a lot more people like the likes of BMW and Mercedes, for example, will pay to be, get their adverts put onto um, something like Mr. Beast's channel where it's going to be seen by absolutely millions of people. I, I don't know. I, I take a different view on that because if their business model is that premium makes less money than advertising, I wouldn't think that they would have launched it in the first place. Right. I, and, and to me, if we talk about pushing people to premium, I think that from an ad blocker standpoint, honestly, it, it, I would do the same thing if I were YouTube, because what you're effectively doing is you're effectively saying, okay, if, if the people that are watching that we, we know for sure are not willing to watch advertising, then there's absolutely no way you're going to monetize those people. There's no way that those people are ever going to have in any way support the platform. And so what I think that they're doing, and this, I don't know, might be controversial take, but what I think that they're doing is saying, okay, for those people who use ad blockers that are on the line, right, that say, you know what, if, if it's the difference between 
not watching YouTube and paying to watch YouTube or actually watching advertisements, I'm just going to turn off my ad blocker or I'll buy premium. Then they retain those users. But for the for the never ads people, right, that are being like, I'm never going to watch ads, I'm never going to pay for it, YouTube loses nothing. And in fact, they gain by having those users leave their platform, right? Because they're no longer using the bandwidth and all of the infrastructure needed in order to serve uh, you know, video to users who are never going to contribute to to paying for it. I think there's um, there's quite a big uh, precedent here as well with Netflix. Um, obviously, a while back they announced that they were going to be cracking down on password sharing, and, and there was quite a an uproar online and people saying, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to cancel my account," and uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And then after they'd actually made that change and, and the dust actually settled, uh, it turned out that the number of subscriptions had actually increased. And they're actually making more money uh, off the back of that decision. I know in in, in my case that my mum, uh, who, who lives just down the road from me, was using my password and using my Netflix account. And when they brought that in, she started to get the message saying, you know, you're you're not uh, in the main household kind of thing. You're going to have to sign up for your own account. She actually did go through it and sign up for her own account um, just because she watches so much Netflix that um, that was... Uh, you know that that was good value for money for her, and essentially, she the reason she wasn't paying for it is because she didn't have to, not because she didn't want to. Um, but if they're not going to force you to to pay for it, and they're going to let people share accounts, then why not? And I think it's very similar with uh, ad blockers and YouTube. It's like, well, you can use an ad blocker, and it's very easy to do. So why not? Um, I, I know obviously there are those of us who choose to pay for premium, but um, take that option away, and I think actually quite a lot of people will, will kind of look at it and say, well, actually, I, I do use this service a lot, and it's probably quite good value for money, so I guess I'll, I guess I'll start paying for it. Like, nobody's going to start up a new free service video platform today and just say, like, you know what, I'm going to eat the infrastructure and the streaming costs, you know, and we want a large group of people who I'm never going to be able to monetize. Like, I just don't see that happening. And so... I, I see this as honestly, it's a good it's a good business decision on YouTube's part. Yeah, I, I I find it interesting as well with like all the other platforms because every time I see a channel that is professional, is one I, I like, it seems like they all end up coming up with their own platform or their own streaming service, like Nebula or um, I forget what Floor the other plane. one. There's okay, there's that's not the one I was thinking of, but there are there's multiple, there's loads out there. And I see it all the time and you think to yourself, oh, maybe I could check it out. But then it's just another thing where you look at it and I think this is where YouTube kind of takes Google's approach to things of offer it for free. And then it's very difficult to move away from it because you have to pay for Nebula. You have to pay for other streaming services. And unless you know it's going to be good or useful, um, you you just probably get put off because you'll have to pay for it. Whereas you kind of have a never-ending, you've basically got a WinRAR trial of YouTube, which continues for as long as you want until you get annoyed at the adverts enough. I love the WinRAR reference, by the way. Yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I just appreciate that LGR found the one copy of that had been bought. <laughs> right? That was amazing. You're on day 500 of your 30-day YouTube trial. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, but to your point, Naoki, I am dubious on anybody who stands up a new premium, uh, you know, premium video service or streaming service and says, I can do it better. It's like, I'm, I'm sure there are tweaks, but quite honestly, like, and, you know, as creators, we absolutely want to see better tools and things like that. But, you know, quite honestly, you know, like I'm, I'm here, right? I'm putting in videos and I am a YouTube premium subscriber. I do think it's a bit too expensive. I would like to see, you know, have it for less, but right. I, I still think there's good value in it. And the other platforms, it's, it's not like, you know, it's like you need the reach in order for it to be attractive. Right. And I don't see how other platforms can even get to that scale to where it would be attractive. I think as well, the problem is it's kind of like uh, the way Microsoft does things. They have Google has a massive data center presence where these other places like Nebula and that, they have to pay the likes of Amazon Web Services or something akin to that. And storage or even, um, uh, what's the word, egress, 
egress charges are phenomenal and google can get away with doing it like like we said where youtube is either working on a loss or is barely breaking even technically yes but they're being subsidized massively by the fact that google isn't charging necessarily an egress for all of this content whereas nebula and the like are yeah they have you know different regional points they're essentially their own content delivery network right they have different points of presence around the world to make sure that high quality video can be streamed wherever but but yeah i mean from a from financial standpoint right they probably do take into account some of those costs but they're they can do it at cost right they don't have to upcharge for it the second you have a streaming service that you know needs to be built on top of a global platform right there's significant costs there i think the only viable alternative i've ever heard of is things um, and i am not endorsing them but i'm just saying them for reference is places like odyssey or library or things where there is no data sent there is a data center kind of thing going on but it's distributed it's federated there's a it's basically on a load of different machines rather than being on one huge or multiple huge data centers um but even then that you've still got costs behind that honestly i think the only company i could see well there's two companies that could challenge it and one is probably more likely than the other one would be Microsoft, just because they do have the data centers. And they did actually run a video platform back in the day as an alternative to YouTube <laughs> before it was purchased. Did they? I don't, I don't remember that one. Yeah, they they had their own alternative that, that didn't go, go anywhere, really. Um, and YouTube only really got big after it was bought by Google as well, because suddenly they had the money behind them to, to really go for it. And so I think Microsoft technically still run little bits of that, but mostly for stuff like SharePoint and all their other internal yeah. sort of stuff. Is that um, something like like that takes that Microsoft Stream uses? I think that's where this sort of lot of the tech that they initially wrote for that sort of ended up. But they did have their own one. But I think the only other company that could properly who already do serve adverts, they or like there's one company that's sort of doing lots of this stuff already and have a massive backing and that's twitch yeah amazon twitch yeah. could become because they got amazon behind them they could could and they already do serve ad uh, videos that uh, been streamed previously and you can upload videos to it but it's just people don't treat it like youtube and i think with some tweaks they probably could do don't the vods only last for like a couple of weeks by default they only last a couple of weeks um but you can upload videos to them as well. So, But I think that that's just more of a sort of... At the moment, they don't want Twitch to be a video on-demand service like YouTube. I think there is a bit of a difference, though, because Twitch... The difference between streaming and having um, videos on-demand is that... You know, videos on demand require storing all of those videos for a perpetual amount of time. Whereas if your Twitch VODs expire after a few weeks, then you do have, yeah, you have to store it, but you have to store significantly less data. And whilst you're streaming, um, and I, I don't know the technical sides of Twitch, but I could imagine how it's almost sending the um, MP. Oh, sorry. I can imagine how it's almost sending the MPEG data from the streamer to all the different people um, from the like the one server, and it's just like spit like it's basically acting as a giant repeater, which you're going to pay for bandwidth, but you're not paying necessarily for storage, which is what YouTube has to do. They've obviously got AWS behind them, which is the possibly the biggest um, sort of cloud storage and stuff system behind it if they wanted to they have the resource to do it it's more i think twitch is is treated more as its own independent company rather than being fully integrated with amazon and aws and sort of treated as youtube is it's like well we can run a, a slight loss or a, a just about make a profit 
Yeah, I guess the uh, I guess the point is that they've got all of the bits in place. Um, all they need to do is literally just bolt a load of storage onto it, and they've essentially got YouTube. I know it's not quite the same, but um, as far as potential competitors go, they're, they're definitely the closest. And if my experience with AWS is anything to go by, it's literally just a case of, you know, log onto the dashboard and just drag the slider across. across. There you go. Now we've got loads of storage. Now we've got a YouTube competitor. So Bezos, if you're watching this, um, that's my suggestion to you. Yeah, you're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no one else came up with it before. <laughs> yeah. I bet he's never thought of that. Coming back to, on to, to privacy and ad blocking um, specifically, right? Like, what, what's everybody else's view? I mean, I kind of went off on it, but what, what's everybody else's view on, is this the right thing for YouTube to do, right? And from a, from a consumer standpoint, right, are there, are there any counters, right? Are there any counter arguments to why ad blocking is appropriate? Like, I've heard, I've heard a few. I've heard about, you know, malicious advertising and things like that. But, but what, is, what does everybody think? I'm going to take a stance of you ad blockers privacy tools for browsers has become unfortunately essential um on places like youtube i can still see a need for it um first of all not everyone can afford premium um and you know there's workarounds by saying you're from places like india or whatnot but um you know some people have different codes that they have to live by um but I can also appreciate that some people, it's not that they don't want to watch adverts, it's that they don't want to trust watching adverts. And I say that because there are some adverts that might um, come up with topics that are uncomfortable for the viewer. And because you can't, you can say, I don't like this ad, but it doesn't usually stop it being shown. If it is like distressing for someone, then. I can see them turning on an ad blocker. I know it's a bit of a niche argument, but I've seen it happen. Yeah, I mean, TV ads are just so heavily regulated as, as you know, as far as the actual content is concerned and what's allowed to go out at certain times and, and that kind of thing. And, and it, it's much more kind of loosely defined as far as YouTube's concerned. And I mean, I, I was at a friend's house just the other night and, and he doesn't have premium and doesn't block the ads. And, you know, he had videos running on his TV. He's very much the same as me. In fact, it's a bit, a bit strange considering he's one of these people who uses YouTube as like their main form of entertainment, but then he doesn't pay for premium uh, or block the ads. And just the frequency of those ads. And there were some really, really sort of scammy looking ones for all sorts of, I mean, it was proper like, you know, wish.com um, bottom of the barrel technology stuff that they were trying to make out was like the latest and greatest stuff and uh, trying to push it on people and, and it just i think that's the other thing as well because like places like team you for example uh you know we, we we know that there's a lot of problems with team you but they can get away with put, putting their ads everywhere especially plastered across youtube where i don't think they'd be able to get onto like any kind of mainstream television service because of what they do I think it's a reasonable thing to say that, like, all right, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna not allow us to block ads, then you need to get better at tools or at screening or or at things because, you know, on a on a website, for example, right? If you're a public, if you're a major publisher and you want to serve ads on your website, you absolutely have the ability to say, here are my exclusions, right? I don't want these categories. I don't want these companies. I don't want, you know, these types of things. And there's there's ranking and scoring, but you know, from an advertising standpoint, I haven't seen any of those tools. And I, I took the bait, right? Like when I signed up, YouTube was like, hey, we'll give you a free $100 credit if you if you advertise with us, right? And so I'm like, all right. So I spent $100 and I boosted a video of mine, but there was no kind of controls on what categories of ads can be shown or, or limiting types of ads or things like that. So I, yeah, I agree. I think it's incredibly reasonable to say that like, if you're gonna if you're gonna force people to you know not use ad blockers, then you need more control, more moderation, more scrutiny over the ads that you show. Yeah, because I don't think we have any control over what type of adverts we even have our, on our channel right now. So, like, you could be a particular channel, and it could be showing adverts that's literally the opposite of what your channel stands for. And we're even losing the ability to control the adverts by the fact that we now can't even just turn off ads entirely. I mean, there's there's something to say where if you want to put out a video that has just no monetization, so there's no adverts, like a super serious 
um, video and I can name a few, but I'm not going to. Um, you don't want people saying you're just making this video to make more money. You want to get the, the, the message across. And now you can't turn this stuff off. Now that less it becomes less sincere. Like you said, people don't associate the fact that just because the advert is being showing that that advert's being show, shown to them for paying for the service that they're using. Uh, it's not paying the content creator. And I think inherently people don't understand how advertising works, right? People have a misconception about how much money we make based off of ads. They have a misconception about how much control we have over advertising, like on both sides of it, like that we have either zero or all of it or, or things like that. And, you know, I, I don't know that it's reasonable to expect people to understand the ins and the outs of how advertising works, right? And so I agree. I think that's, you know, for people's first reaction is, is that you're, I mean, I hear it on my video. Like if people actually knew how much I lose on the things that I buy and like the videos that I've made, right? But like all of the comments that are like, oh, you're just doing this for views and ad revenue. It's just like, okay, like, but I'm still like, you know, 90% in the hole on this, right? <laughs> like, sure, I try to use it to offset the cost, but like, I, I couldn't, like, it would need to be such a big, like, you know, explosion of, you know, of views in order to cover my costs for most of these things. And look, maybe I'll get there in five years, 10 years, if I have, you know, a, a huge channel and lots of views. But, but yeah, like people automatically assume that like, oh, you just did this you know, to make money or, or to do that. And do you find that it, it influences how you're going to approach a certain topic? Um, you know, whether it be a commenting on something that's going on or um, any kind of drama or, you know, maybe just some kind of sensitive topic. Do you think, how am I going to come across like this, knowing that there's going to be adverts on there? It's a good question. I think for me, the only thing when I'm shooting a video or I'm choosing to shoot a video, the only influence that has on me is honestly, it, it kind of makes me a little bit more diligent in the things that I'm doing. Because like, I, I'm like, I know that if I do this, I'm going to get yelled at, right? But but I what I won't say, like, for example, like if I if I show putting thermal paste on a CPU, right, that's like the, the ultimate no-no that people are just going to lose their minds. But also, right, like even things like if I don't show this part, I know I'm going to get a ton of questions about it. So I, I better show this part. Right. But honestly, you know, and, and it's probably, be, you know, I, I, I am not in YouTube for the money. I, I do want it to help subsidize the projects that I do. Um, and so, you know, I, I make my decisions on that. But as far as the comments go, I don't really care. Right, like I love seeing comments of people that love my videos and connect with my videos, but the comments of people that that don't, right? Like I I could care less. But it's the people that love and and want to see the videos that influences, like you know, in some cases what I choose to to film and and the things that I do within those videos because I want I want them to have a better experience, right? The people that are genuinely that enjoy the content, I want them to have a better experience and to be able to communicate that that knowledge in my videos. But all of the negative stuff, couldn't care less. I don't think uh, adverts have ever played a part in my thinking when I've been making a video. I I make the, I don't like, I know some people when they make the video if they know it's going to be of a certain length, they'll try and put a, a natural break or something where they can put a, a mid roll or whatever, so it doesn't feel like it's cutting halfway through a sentence whatever but i've never really thought about mid rolls or anything that's just beginning end. that's fine so when i'm making a video it it's not even on my radar it's just like i have them at the beginning the end and just let the video be the video and i don't think i've ever had anyone complain in the comments about adverts or thankfully no one said oh you've just made it for the money or whatever Mostly because I think my views are, are low enough that no one ever considers that. <laughs> um, like I think of the two, I've got noticed the other day that I've got two videos that have come close to paying off whatever the item was that was being shown. One of them is the most recent one, where it's a, like the video itself is made about eight quid, and the CD cost me fifteen. And the other one is the CD thirty two video, which. These days, people will be going like, "How the hell's that paid it off when it's only made like made like 
£25. Well, I bought it back in 2000 when it cost me 35 quid, including postage. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, like, for most of the, the stuff I show, it, wouldn't even, it doesn't even come close to paying... Most of it doesn't even come close to paying the postage on the item, let alone the item itself. I mean, I'm not yeah. even going to bring up the object that's behind me, but that's that, that, that is, that's a <laughs> sunken cost fallacy right there. <laughs> but it's a passion project, right? Like that's well, that's, that's, that's we the thing. Videos. But I'm not, I, I'm not getting paid for it. Like I've got, like even if adverts play my videos, I ain't getting paid for it. So yeah, no. the thing is, you'd be building that anyway if you didn't have the channel. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I, I mean like like matt's just said it's a it's a passion project so it's just i i, I was doing it and i feel like you know what i'm going to just turn the camera on and see what happens yeah i think that's the principle that i try to that i try to use which is you know like if i would be doing this anyway why don't i film it but i don't and i haven't and there might be a time where i run out of projects or ideas or things like that and i feel that i want to put out a video that i might look for something but i don't see that happening for quite a while i got a, i got a little bit of a backlog so some very interesting takes on the subject of YouTube and advertising. Uh, of course, if you have uh, any uh, any thoughts of your own, please do let us know down in the comments and don't forget to uh, like the video and give us a, a subscribe to the channel as well. So obviously we are members of the Big Red Arrow Club and uh, we are regularly going to be putting out uh, content along these lines. So I've been uh, Reese from the channel Control Alt Reese. Um, you can find me on the uh, usual uh, socials on Twitter and uh, all of that kind of stuff. I've been Naoki from the YouTube channels and Naoki's Retro Corner. You can find me by searching for my handle at Naoki SRC on YouTube and on Twitter. I've been Matt at Polly Matt. You can find me on YouTube at Polly Matt or on Instagram at the Polly Matt. And I've been uh, the Goldfish from Goldfish on Games. And you can find me on YouTube under the same name and on Blue Sky as well. And of course, I'll link all of those down in the description as always. Uh, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you again next time. We got to do the, uh, the, the, the waving outro. Yeah. <laughs>